Rebel Radio is brought to you by HoneyBook. You know, I talk to so many entrepreneurs, creatives, people, uh, freelancers, you know, people who have their own businesses, and, and it's always the same story. There's always too much to do. You know, you have to run your business, do the thing that you're passionate about, all that stuff at once. So, you know, it's really about having the right tools that you can use. And that's the great thing about where we're at with technology today is there are all these great tools that we can use to make life easier, less stress, help us stay more creative. And that's why I love HoneyBook. It's an online business management tool that organizes all of your client communications, bookings, contracts, invoices, everything in one place. It makes it simple to run your business better and faster. There's templates, there's uh, built-in automation, all kind of stuff to make you look good and kind of let you get back to the work that you care about. You can even integrate the other tools that you use, like QuickBooks, Google Suite, what have you. So save time, do more, be more creative, have more fun, live more life using HoneyBook. Right now, just for listening to Rebel Radio, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off when you visit honeybook.com rebel. Payments flexible, and the promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to honeybook.com slash rebel for 50% off your first year. That's honeybook.com slash rebel. Do it now. Yo, what up? We just got back from outer space, and this is Rebel Radio, and I'm DJ Brace. Just landed. About to listen. So should you. Fuck you, Josh. Eh? What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the Rebels who are shaping our culture. We talk about how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show to bring you new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. I'm your host, Josh Levine, and check it out. This week, I have a question for you. When I say the word DJ, what do you think of? Me, I think of a person who plays other people's music, um, you know, usually vinyl or, or uh, you know, CD, whatever it is. It might be hip hop, it might be electronic, it might be open format, it might be oldies. Um, but when we think about today's guest, that those definitions really don't do it justice. DJ Brace is a he's a DMC champion. He's a party DJ. He's a uh, he's a great producer. Um, but he's really he's a turntable artist. If you watch his videos online, like I have uh, some of his routines, he's got this uh, new instrument that that I had never seen before. The fretless fader that enables him to make sounds and do things with records that I've just never seen before. It's, it's, uh, it's a work of art and technology all in one. And he's got some great stories about his journey, how he got here, where he's going, and uh, what he goes through to be that, um, that technically proficient uh, as well as musically creative. I hope you'll join us and enjoy this one uh, coming up right after the EDM.com track of the week. I lost my mind 
you said I'm cold as ice It was the perfect crime Just a victim of us I sit back and look at the damage Ask myself why I'm so damaged Look that boy why is you so damaged now that was Kid Angel with Damaged, the EDM.com track of the week. If you like that one, get over to EDM.com, check out more new music. And now let's get into the interview with DJ Brace. No, that's great, man. I love, uh, I love all the background. It's amazing. Cool. Um, and I'm, I'm uh, well, let's get into it. Um, that's so much fun. I love the, like, I don't want, I don't care about this till you win. That's amazing. That's like the most punk rock thing you've said. I don't care. Oh, yeah, like yeah, that's right. Words. I mean, I was like, oh, yeah. shit, you know? But, uh, but yeah, man. So, up, yeah, guys? so it's cool to do this, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, we met uh, at the Z-Trip thing. That's right. And I really enjoyed that. I, you know, I dragged my wife out to it. Oh, cool. Because we're, like, you know, still new here in LA, yeah. trying to, like, see things. I'm like, come out to this thing. And she usually hates... I don't want to say hate, but doesn't like the DJ and hip hop uh, things that I that take right? her to. Uh, sometimes she'd be like, "Hey, this is you know, it's kind of right. dope." My wife's same way. You know, yeah. but so I was like, university, nice campus, uh, Z trip. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. And yeah, beautiful day. And she's sure. she's she's uh, heard of Z trip before, and and you know, and uh, I think she she ran into him once with me. I introduced her to him before, so she was kind of like nice. some common ground. And then you know. The, the the questions you asked and, and, and the type of interaction was like really interesting to me I mean, even though I knew a lot of the um, answers to his questions sure, yeah, yeah. and I mean being someone like him where you get asked specific questions like that are you know kind of not repeated but they kind of yeah. all lead to the same yeah. you know and so I, I kind of knew a lot of his stuff but it answers but it gave me um, a bit of a different perspective and then just hearing you know the but I really interested to me in what you do because of the, the you know it's it's not often that you hear someone interview a, a turntablist um, unless they're a turntablist yeah of course or, or DJ right. yeah it's usually know. like the technical side yeah oh, oh yeah. Sure. yeah yeah so it's cool but uh, no it's cool man well I'm excited to talk to you because your your stuff's amazing man I've been watching oh, you, you online and um, so uh, and I know you were telling us a little bit of the history which I want to dig into but. Uh, Let's start at the beginning. Do you remember the first record you ever bought? Oh, wow. Yeah, well, okay. So there's a couple of, like, first records that I bought. Yeah. Um, maybe even three. I mean, maybe even four. Because, okay, when I was, like, f not even four years old, my yeah. um, nanny at the time, she gave me... Um, the Culture Club, okay, and because I, I was like into Karma Chameleon, uh -huh. you know? and I was really into Michael it's a good Jackson. Kid song. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't even, you know, I was just like, she play it. She gave me the tape, and I was like, that's my first tape. I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, wait, I can listen to this right. without you being here. I was just like, cool. Yeah. And so I, I understood what like recorded music was, but then um, you know, and I had some like um, you know Star Wars type records mm -hmm. and stuff at that time, mm -hmm. like little mini like, like storybook stuff, and then um, but later like i was like nine and cds just came out okay. and they were expensive in canada like sometimes 40 bucks and yeah I was like, yeah yeah when do I have, yeah where do i have so i started on this like columbia house thing you ever heard of that yeah pay a penny yeah. get a bunch of records i had the bmg yeah okay yeah. so you know and then and then i was like okay i did that but that was only so so much right and so then i was like going i love garage sales i always love Mm -hmm. buying like used stuff and just going mm -hmm. through junk and and finding gold and then i was like oh records okay oh wait i can get 
records which have music on them for like a quarter and I'm, I'm like well I want that other stuff on CD but right. I just want music essentially yeah. and I knew my mom had a turntable um, that wasn't being used so I was like let me just get a bunch of these so I had like Boston Journey like all these like okay. you know rock records like classic rock records from Canada you know and then but then I'll, I'll, like once in a while I'd find like a jazz record or I'd find something and, and so I just had this stack but then you know all of a sudden like kind of growing up and then and then there's this like record you know i got iced tea on cd like mm -hmm. I, I was really like you know bef way before body count like like his like yeah, like six, six in, the morning. in the morning police at my door fresh this week across the bathroom floor out my back window and so i got that snuck it because it was like you know i was still really like a kid and it was like parental advisory you know and i was like just like pretend, I was like one. <laughs> I went to like four stores before they gave it to me. But right. then Two Live Crew came out. Yeah. And as nasty as they want to be, and I just wanted that. I was just like, you know, I wanted that real bad, and yeah. for whatever reason, and nobody would sell that to me because that was just too far, and they were making sure. so much noise yeah. that with that specifically. Yeah, so your mom would have been upset if she found that. Sh and she totally was when I finally <laughs> got it. You know, we talk a lot on this show about saving, saving time, saving your your creative energy, um, saving money, right? None of it's easy. It's, it's hard. It's hard to save. It's tempting to spend whatever we got uh, when it's right in front of us. But you know, we it's important. We got to save up for the things that matter. It could be a summer vacation, uh, a down payment. It could be trying to start a business. Maybe you're trying to start a street art project. You need money for wheat paste. You know, we all have things in the future that we're saving toward, but you know, it's hard not to spend whatever cash we have in our pockets. So use the Twine app uh, to make saving money towards your financial goals easier. It takes automatic deposits from your bank. You can set it, forget it, and save without even trying. Get rid of that temptation to spend whatever money is uh, making noise in your pocket. And um, you can invest for the things that matter to you. All it takes is $5 and two minutes to get started. And right now, Twine is offering you $15 to help you save for your goals. Just go to twine.com slash rebel. Uh, and when you open your first goal, Twine will add $15 to your account just because you listen to Rebel Radio. Go to twine.com slash rebel today for $15 towards your first savings goal. Start saving today with twine.com slash rebel. So you were telling us before um, how you know you kind of started in punk rock, yeah, in bands, yeah, and then skating, um, yeah. And so who? Well, who actually, I didn't. Oh, oh sorry. Well, I didn't actually start in punk rock. That was when I first had band like mm. situation. I was I got a guitar around. My mom said I had to start piano uh -huh. before to try, it. and I was like. She's like, try it for two weeks. I tried it for two weeks. I hated it. Yeah. I just really just didn't see the point of it. And I yeah. got this guitar, and then I wasn't. I was never good at guitar. Yeah. Like I, I really had. Actually, I was never good at any of this stuff. I had to just put in hours. But anyways, so I was like, yeah, of course. You know, so like yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan. That's who I wanted to be at first. I was like sitting uh -huh. in bed trying to like copy him and stuff, and and that makes me think of something else. Is that when I first got tapes. I would look and I would remember, like, if it was Led Zeppelin or something, I would remember which side the Levy Brakes was on, mm -hmm. what order it was in, you know, and and then it just got so big because I just started buying some. I just started my, but it didn't get to my long term. I mean, it's funny memory. you say that because, you know, memory is really important for DJs, especially, especially turntablists, right, where you're, you're 
you know you're finding the right part of the record and whatever and watching your stuff and I, I want to talk about that but like you, you're remembering 50 things at a time while you're while I mean, you're performing I mean that's the thing it's like things and, and moments yeah whereas a lot of DJs will speak to them and they'll be like this record and that right. re and that break was first used by so yeah. and so yeah, and, yeah. and then and then I finally got a chance to be in a band and we were like this kind of you know punk rocky sort of like light punk rocky band called Scumflower and actually true story the guitarist um, from that band is now um, uh, Katy Perry's yeah Katy Perry's guitar player okay yeah and um, yeah, and then uh, after that I came to Winnipeg uh, where I joined a band we were called like um, Dropkick and we ended up becoming Bottom Line which became more hardcore and I left that because bands were just hard to it was hard to get your ideas out you know and hard to like you know it wasn't I didn't feel right and so I, I, I went and started just I was already a skateboarder but I went full time on that and I was trying to be like pro yeah or at least sponsored by a shop and I got pretty pretty good yeah because um, the thing about skateboarding is it taught me you can you have to try things if if you if you you know some people came naturally like right away but you have to try things sure. a thousand times till you get them sometimes and that's okay yeah. to like live in this kind of like like not low expectations but understanding that that you you will get it as yeah. long as you continue to try and yeah, yeah. and the, the 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 thing about that so it, it led me into to, 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 you know turntables and stuff because I was like I missed music. And um, I just said, like, I didn't even know anything about um, scratching. So I was actually, I just heard, you know, on the radio, uh, like, songs of rap songs I like, hip-hop and music, and, and I heard, like, different, like, pitches of it. Like, I heard mm -hmm. this Method Man song. It was, like, higher pitch. I was like, wow, these got all these different versions. Like, I guess you can only get them on record. So I'm going to, little did I know that they just played right, the, right, right. faster to mix, but, but wait, that yeah. didn't even matter. Where's the fast version? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just like, what? Yeah. But then I went to Fat Beats, and back in the day, the records yeah. were, like, 425 a record. And keep in mind, I grew up in, in, in um, New York between 91 and 94. So okay. I didn't, like, know any of this stuff about right. the, the golden era. It just was, like around me well we didn't know at the time well yeah but it's just we like, didn't know it was the golden era. yeah we just knew it was that's, the, popping, that's you know? true that's true yeah. i guess what i meant yeah that's true yeah. that's really i didn't realize i was in some greatness i just felt good in new york right. and all this stuff was coming out and i was seeing like all these people on the street like i saw the edge from youtube mm -hmm. q-tip one time i saw like uh that's new york you see you just see people yeah and yeah. i was just like whoa okay so was there somebody that inspired you to, to start DJing or that uh, showed you, no, that like taught you? No, that's the thing. And yeah. so I was just like, I liked hip hop. And then I remember after hardcore, it was just, uh, it was getting into the point where like bands like Earth Crisis, they were just demanding you to like be so straight edge. They wouldn't even drink mm -hmm. coffee or have sex. And we were just like, all, they were just like screaming uh, this right. like f anger towards. And I was like, that's just not, I mean, I'm not like a hippie. I mean, I was down with like all that yeah, hard shit, but like, I was just like, you guys just don't know how to live. And then hip hop was just cool. Yeah. And I remember it from, you know, that was my point in talking about the nineties. I was like, this is just, I remember just feeling good. So I'm gonna get that and listen to it. And I still listen to some, you know, my tapes, my hardcore tapes and punk tapes. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so I just wanted to get those records and I got the turntables. My dad, you know, I bugged him and begged him and, you know, he got me my first guitar, so I was mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. and then he got me some belt drive tables mm -hmm. and Gemini's, which, and a Scratchmaster, you know, Gemini mixer. So sure. I was like, at the time, I was like, come on, Dad. But, you know, looking back, I'm like, you know, thanks a lot, Dad. You know, you got me yeah. in there. And, and so I went to get a record 
from the record store, you know, and, and in town, and um, I, kn I knew it was the guy, DJ Finesse was there. He was, like, mm -hmm. really, like, you know, big time over there in Winnipeg. And I was like, hey, you know how they get that, that sound, that ah oh, sound? He's like, pointed at the record. He's like, that's the only one you need right there. So I was like, oh, yo, this is my Bible. It's like so, a tools record. Yeah, it was yeah. a rectangle, um, yeah, yeah, the yeah. white record. So I scratched that ah with the, the, the yeah. infinite loop, and I was like, wait a minute because scratching wasn't the reason I just like you know yeah. got, but then I was like wait a minute I was like I'm way better at this than what I'm trying to do this is my thing now I was like wait so I just kept scratching and scratching and scratching and then I and then my was graffiti writer friend of mine I thought I was hanging out with graffiti writers mostly came over and he's like yo check this out it's from my brother he wanted me to lend this to you it's a DMC uh, mm -hmm. West Coast mm -hmm. uh, 96 um, so I saw like Melody, Babu, like, mm -hmm. and then uh, all the guys from the East Coast came, and the U.S. Finals was at the end too. So I saw like uh, Mr. Sinister, like, like this. They were just, that was just like that was then like my internet group. but I still couldn't really loop the record all right a little bit and then um and I, ha I had like a long backtracking a long time ago <laughs> it's funny like I was like not, well, not funny at the time but and I was nine and I was riding my bike a CCM bike um it was a Canadian made bike mm. and, and and the pedal fell off I was riding real fast pedal fell off and I just like flew up and the bike landed on me and broke my arm like oh. both bones and I was like you know whatever i went to the hospital they fixed it and, yeah. and you know but my aunt was a lawyer and she wasn't having any of that so she sued them and got like a bunch of money the bike company yeah wow. and i didn't really know about yeah, what yeah, happened sure. but i knew that i was about to be 18 and she's like so you got this money coming to you and i was like cool she's like you gotta spend it wisely or you know let's invest it i'm like no I'll put it in my bank she's like but we got it i'm like put it in my bank i had the right so then i snuck off and you know i i went to this this place called Advance, it was like a record that uh, electronic store. They didn't do have anything to do with DJing and anything. It's just they had 1200s. Mm -hmm. They had all this like stuff, but and they had 1200s. So I was like, um, and they were expensive. They were almost a thousand dollars each. Uh, they were like 850 yeah. bucks and, yeah, yeah. and before tax. And I was like, that was like the biggest thing I ever bought in my life. Sure. But I had this money, and I was like, nothing's gonna stop me. I went right to that store. Bought two twelve hundreds, mm -hmm. had the boxes. I was like, I can't. Be, like, am I gonna? Am mm -hmm. I? You know that dream when you have all the games you want, a Nintendo or something, right, and then you right, wake right. up and it's gone. So, I, I I know my family was having dinner, and I drove home, and I was gonna take both of them, but those are super heavy boxes. Yeah. Like both of them, they're big yeah, boxes. Yeah. So I was like, they're like, hey, come to dinner, da da da, and I was like, one sec. So I like ran down, snuck one, ran down, snuck another. I put them in there and I just couldn't I, I was like eating dinner real fast I was like nice to see you guys <laughs> ran downstairs set them up and then I tried it and I was like wait I can I can rely on when I rewind it that it's going to be where I need it to be and I was looping the record I started making my first juggle and I was like this is crazy and and yeah. and then I heard the DMC was coming like not even a week later it was like serendipity and I was like let's do it you know I have a little bit of a thing with this record and that record you know yeah so that's kind of how it got started that's great mm. I love that I mean it's funny you talk about the turntables and having the right equipment because like you know this this art form comes from like everyone had bullshit equipment at, at the beginning True. right you know yeah. and you know when Cool Herc was mixing breaks direct drive tables didn't exist yet 
Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, now, and I, you know, I know that you, um, who is it, Reloop? You, yeah, you created true. a table with yeah. them. Yeah, I did. Um, and I, you know, just looking at that, I just saw it online. And it's like that's light years ahead of the twelve hundred. Yeah, you I mean, know what I mean. Like, like just seeing like mm. what people can do mm. with this machine is it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So I do, I think it just speaks to like you know as the technology advances, the art form advances for sure yeah no i see what you're saying and like just uh, one thing about that though is a lot of people um especially the new djs take that for granted now of course so like the turntable i designed for them um because there's two sides to it regular djing side and a musical side right when i first uh signed with relu i told them right out the gate i want to design a musical turntable based off the controller one which is this Vestax turntable mm -hmm. um, designed by DJ Woody and some other uh, people um, you know Ricky Rucker and um, uh, D Styles a bunch of people like Tico um, yeah. and um, I loved I had that turntable I love that turntable it's what finally bridged like allowed me to really be musical again after all those years uh, mm -hmm. of and not mm -hmm. just like percussive or like let me, the difference would be, and I'll explain it in a minute, is if I wanted to be musical with notes on a regular, even with Serato, regular turntable, I would have to uh, either change the pitch, which is cool, um, or have many sounds in a row that are my notes, and then, yeah. like, remember, that's at 9, that's at 12 yeah, o'clock, yeah, yeah. that's at, you yeah. know, 3 o'clock. And, that, and, and it's Well, it's not even just a lot. It's just, it's not, it's like, imagine if a guitar player um, had to, like, run after his nose like okay I want that note I'm gonna like yeah. it's like yeah. he just they know where things are and it's all ergonomic and they can get to it easily whereas us it's it's like and it's not it's kind of like a it's not it's not it's not natural right um and with the controller one there's a full scale like uh, a full octave mm -hmm. and um, you can you know change uh, transpose so basically if a band's playing and I have a tone and be like nah 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 okay you guys are okay let's go you know and um, I had like pitch band and it was solid it was like like they had technology from NASA up in that motor I'm right. it's like serious and it was like you change a note it was like fast like right there yeah. and none of this so I told them, like, because it's defunct. Vestax doesn't exist. Those mm -hmm. turntables go mm -hmm. for 5K right now. Right. And I was like, guys, do that, and let's make a super dope portable turntable. So fast forward, you know, they, they were designing it. They had a, a, the a, um, a turntable called the, um, what was it, the RP8000. Mm -hmm. And it had all these buttons, like, on the bottom, like, you know, cue points here. Yeah. And a lot of people were dissing it, but I was like... Um, I got it. It's my favorite table by them. I got it. And no one uses their thumb, really, when you, when, if you notice that when people DJ. Sure. It's, like, just kind of yeah. hanging there. So we have an opposable thumb. That's, like, what changed humanity into, like, you know, being able to use tools and stuff. So I was like, wait That's a minute. Awesome. So I was like, I could change the sample and then scratch. And, like, it's going to be like, tick a dun tick a dun So I was like, now I can change those notes where I need to. Wow. Then I was like, wait, why are we doing that? Why don't we just make those change the speed just like the controller one did, talking about it with them after because that was before I, I got with them and and uh so then um i had already been using this thing called the fretless fader which has mm -hmm. like every scale imaginable and i, I can tell you more about that later but it's designed by this guy yeah yeah it's, it's dope right it's yeah. like um i mean it's crazy like you know i remember uh well i remember you know with z trip and radar hmm. back then and i remember um you know i'm, I'm friends with uh 
you know, I've been friends with Apollo for a long time, and he was out with, uh, remember he went out with Branford Marsalis. Mm -hmm. It was like his DJ. Oh. Uh, Buckshot LaFunk. Yeah, I know that, but wait, yeah, DJ Apollo? Or? Yeah, DJ Apollo. Yeah, like from the Scratch Pickles. Pickles. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, uh, Buckshot LaFunk was dope. I remember that. But I remember like, at that time, like, people talked about, like, you know, this idea that the turntable is a musical instrument. I think it was actually Branford okay. who said that. And it, it took somebody outside of, you know, DJing sure. to kind of say that mm, for people to for believe people, it. Right, right. You know, but yeah. and I but I remember hearing that and I was like, I, I don't really know what that means. Like, I, mm. I sort of get it, but... And obviously what those guys do is, is amazing and, and always has been. I have what years. year was that around when you heard that? Approximately, I'm not trying to like... Okay, word. And like, you know, what, what you know, Follow and Cubert and Mike did, you know, change the game and what yeah. Z-Trip and Radar did change the game. And so, yeah. yeah, but I still never, it's really until watching you oh, that I sick. like understood what it means to be mm. a musical instrument. Wow. Um, and to be fair, like, I don't mean to, you know gas you up but like i don't think that's even fair i think like because so there's that one video of you where you're like i think it was one of your dmc routines where it's like the fretless fader and the pedals yeah it was just a wah, -wah pedal and it's like that's way more than playing a guitar yeah like like it, it, yeah it, like you got three limbs going and like well, so many different sounds and like yeah. you know not I, I can't play guitar so I'm not I'm not taking anything away from the people no, that but do it's that valid. I mean you're watching this you're it's a lot of fucking work that you I mean, put in I mean like I think we all have like things that fit like a glove right sure. and um, sometimes you feel like this is how like you might get a there's like a mouse here with a big ball on it for like, yeah. you know, so some people like that. Some people yeah. just like, you know, just typing and moving the whatever it, with the, the little pad. And mm -hmm. it's what feels comfortable for you. And for me, um, I find like it's kind of like a, um, I don't want to say like a, it's just like I know where it, how to access what I need to. Yeah. And then, and then just like what features are on the machines to allow me to do certain things. So I'm like, well, if I'm with my hand on this, my hand on that, where can I get, oh, okay, a foot pedal. Mm -hmm. Or, um, I, you know, like I saw, I uh, heard D-Styles and Qbert uh, scratching um, with a Wawa pedal, and I was always into that. And I actually didn't get one and or ever try it, really, until about a month before I started working on the DMC. Mm. And uh, and I had to build that version of the Fretless Fader, because sure. I didn't know John B's yet, uh, the inventor of it. Um, and so, you know, there I am, waiting for parts, like every month, like Germany or like mm -hmm. China, and like putting slowly together things and messing this up and cutting mixers and and like meanwhile thinking because there's this guy I was competing against um, who had one too. I thought for sure he's gonna, and I'm like no one's gonna beat me in my tone game. <coughs> and then and then you know every turntable had its thing. Yeah. So the to me every time you do a DMC routine, you got to do or a battle routine or a routine, you got to like up it you know and, and also you're able to up it sure. it's like skateboarding sure. you know so first you kick flip three stairs then you're like well i could probably kick flip four yeah and then so on and so and plus you want to because you don't want to do right. the same thing okay? not just like the same thing as other people and elevate but also yourself you're just not satisfied you got that mm -hmm. hunger of like mm -hmm. so and then so you're adding and adding and then you're able to do more and then that was just a culmination of those years of trying and then i was like i could use any equipment in that battle so i was like what 
do I do that others don't and how can I you know flip that and and so that was just me trying to like you know think because what hasn't been done in the DMC what will what will like add to the history of it yeah and like make people say because a lot of people win but then you're like, oh, dope, you won, congrats. But then do they get remembered for what they did? Or do you, are you ever like, yo, so-and-so won, and he did this thing with his, like, you know, armpit, and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, like, we got horns, and I don't know, whatever it is. You, like, remember. It's like a, it's like a, a marker yeah, in time. Absolutely. And Absolutely. then, so that wasn't happening anymore. Right. And, and It's I, funny. I, I mean, I definitely felt that, like, that, you know, between Qbert, like, for a lot of years after Qbert, like there was just kind of people doing the same thing not really yeah. advancing the, the sport I, I hear you and and for me that would be after um um craze basically mm -hmm. maybe yeah i mean there were people who were like technical with it that got like yeah great at what they do but not changing the game yeah, yeah. so so uh so you get in and, and you win dmc mm -hmm. how does that change the business for you um, I'll, I'll stop before the word business and how does it change? Um, you know, uh, I would say like, I was so happy that, um, it was like a conversation that now got open mm. to people like, you know, shortcut reached and like D styles, but you know, kind of sure. like people were like, you know, and like I, I, the day I won or posted it even, um, Craze wrote like he writes things about other people's routines that he wrote like holy shit tons of exclamations he doesn't he's not a hater but he's a realist he doesn't yeah. do that yeah. and I was just like okay like that's tingles you know it's yeah. like whoa I'm like okay so that's real and then I so after just that's what I was actually after mm -hmm. you know and and it just was like now I'm really like paid my dues and really part of you know the scene and it's also that stuff i was telling you about where i'm trying to find something that's different i did it i, I didn't just it wasn't just a, a, a desire and then um in terms of um business of it yeah i was getting more bookings you know yeah. I mean, it if anything though it, people didn't know me before so they a, a lot you know the the, the the amount of people in the dj world because i think the only people that probably haven't heard of me in the dj world are like tiesto or something you know what i mean right um i mean it's funny cause shout I out tiesto <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but it's funny because we, you know, we use this term DJ yeah. to mean I don't even know what it means anymore because it used to be turntables. Now not everyone uses turntables. Yeah. It used to be playing other people's music. Now it's not necessarily that, right? Yeah. Um, I think it means you're not a country singer. Is kind of all it means to be a DJ. But then again, you got um, Avicii with uh, Eminem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So like, I mean. Yeah, like a, it's just such a broad term that encompasses yeah. all this stuff that, and sometimes doesn't even have that much in common. I agree, and so people like knew me for that. Yeah, and then so they're like, "Oh, we'll get you to do a showcase," or "Oh, we'll, we'll right. see," but we're not really doing turntablism at this thing. So, and I'm like, "I DJ. I've been a DJ. Right. That was the first just thing I did. Is party DJ and, and yeah, and yeah. I mean party rock and raves, like just yeah. doing like raves are a lot of things I got booked at first because is that right? yeah, because the hip hop." scene where I was from was really like it's kind of like there's one steak and like mm -hmm. oh everyone's trying to eat it and mm -hmm. I was just I just wanted to DJ so I ended up becoming and what do you play at raves? Hip hop Oh really? Yeah okay. I mean like, girls would come up they see a little tag right. that you're like you know oh hey what's up what do you do and I'm like uh, what are you playing what time are you going on I'd be like six in the morning I play hip hop and then <laughs> and then they're like oh and they walk away <laughs> then six in the morning comes right. 
and I, and they're all high. And you know me, I I smoked weed and stuff, but I wasn't right. into that. And then um, they would come up to me after like you saved me the night, and I was like, uh-huh. and I'm like, yeah, you know. And so that's <laughs> I, that's why I like groupies and stuff. Like whenever oh, that man. would happen and stuff, I would just be like, push that to the side. That's you gotta like get whack. Them early. Just they were all whack. Like because yeah. nobody really likes you for who you are, and that's yeah. kind of how I am in general in life. Is like you know. Like, um, yeah, but anyways, so For that's sure. that's why I play raves a lot. And it, it really made me, from day one, now that I think about it, I didn't even think about it, because my whole thing has always been playing in front of people who you have to prove yourself to. And in, in the hip-hop community, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I got that record, dope. What For up? Sure. We're hip-hop. We're the same. Yo, what up? Right. But, like, you know, or even skateboarding. Oh, you skateboard. Skateboarding is like, you skateboard, you're cool. Like, yeah. we're down with us. Yeah, that's yeah. just it. You don't have to do more. Yeah. Have fun. And then, and then, so... I would always be put in front of these people like in Montreal when I lived there I played like every festival there mm-hmm. and I'd be put on like before or after a band and the band would be like if I was after them they'd be like why are you playing after us and then they'd see me and they'd be like yo how are you like changing notes and like that was really cool we should talk and yeah. it's like or the or even the crowd they'd be like oh DJ Bray's coming on and people would be like you know like you could see it. and then I'd play them like oh what yeah. you know and then they'd, they'd come closer like and 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 that was always my thing is like so I, I at first I was like they don't even know they don't even know they're just like you know mm-hmm. and then I was like so is it like you're trying to prove something to them yeah but then yeah. I, I turned from they don't even know to like oh man <laughs> like you know what did I pick this game for <laughs> like I like doing it but then I was like every time I finished they would like it and I was like okay like right. at least that but I'd be like then I sort of got that thick skin where it's like I didn't know Every time, every time, I didn't know if they would like it after. So I always had this feeling of, I don't know, like I, I didn't, I, I, not shyness, not timidness, but like not worried, but something about that all combined. And I was never nervous, but it was just kind of like, I really have to be on my game. If you're, uh, if you want to hear from another one of a kind DJ, uh, rare, unique talent. Go back in the Rebel Radio archives. One of my first interviews uh, was DJ Newmark. He's the DJ for Jurassic 5. And uh, similar to what I was saying earlier, the term DJ doesn't really do it justice for, for Newmark. Do yourself a favor. Go online, Google uh, DJ Newmark Toys and watch what he does with some children's toys. It is unbelievable, and I, I can watch it over and over. Uh, do that after you finish up here on Rebel Radio. And I just read Questlove's book. It's one of it's one of my favorite books I've read recently. Cool. Um, and he talks about I forget where it was, but some party that he played, where like a bunch of his heroes were gonna be there, mm. and he was gonna play the best set of all time. And like, and they came up and were like, you got to like, started asking requests and like, you got to change this music. Oh, just wrecked damn. Um, and he, you know, cause he had this thing in his mind, but he also said, you know, the lesson, right? Is yeah. like, you got to, you're there for the crowd. Yeah. And adapt. You know? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. So back when I played those raves, what it taught me was like, cause nobody came up to the DJ. Like you, you, right. they, yeah, were, not a, rage, they so. were a teacher yeah. and you were happy to see yeah, them and you yeah. listened for that hour. Yeah. I mean, a festival is a, it's a different animal. Yeah. Right? And I mean, I, I enjoyed it because it was like, you know, just like, let me be, I have yeah. something to say, yeah. but I still feel that way because like now what you're talking about is true, but they just want you to play the exact same song. Like sure. they're happy. Like, and I don't care about sounding like jaded. I'm not, I just think it's silly that people 
nowadays want to like go and hear the same song from every DJ. Well, they're, look, they're conditioned. You know, again, you don't go to a concert. I mean, you can shout out the songs you want to hear, but they're not gonna know. Like, bands don't adjust their set list based on requests, right? I mean, but, it's happened. Yeah. Sure, but I, but, I but you don't go see the Rolling Stones at an arena, and yeah. they're like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, can Stop I hear, uh, you know, <laughs> right? Um, or someone else's song they want you to play a cover of, right? True. And so it just, but <clears throat> we just have a uh, an idea in our heads of what yeah. a DJ is and True. what they do, yeah. And our, you know, our relationships as fans or yeah. as attendees to the DJ, yeah. Um, and that's uh, and that works fine for some situations yeah. and not so well for others. Yeah, and I'm not against playing. Um, you know, if someone requests something, I'm like, you know what, that's that's no problem. But it's like, they, you know, like one time, um, I was playing this party and someone's like, can you play um, Bohemian Rhapsody? I'm like, you know what, yes, I can. Yeah. So, and I was playing something around 70 BPMs. It was like a sort of a dubstep song, as you could say. And I was like, wait, the key is exactly the same. Hey, hey it's halftime of this. If I just put that yeah. a little higher, and I started mixing, I'm like, this is dope. And then, you know, it's even like got a different signature of it. So, and then she's like, no. She comes up after, she's like, no. Don't do that. Play the song. Play, I let, play my, and I was like, so not only am I playing right. the song, but I have to play it the way you want me to play it. So it's just like levels, but I'm not, you know That's what? I, it's, it's just, you know, so there's playing routines. I see what you're saying as a band, you know, and you know what I request, but yeah, I'd, be, I'd love it if someone's like, yo, play your ZZ Top routine. I'd be like, all right. Sure. You know what? Yeah, yeah, that's Thank different. you for remembering. Right? Right. I'll play that, that track from your album. Sure thing. Yeah. But like, you know, and that's not to like just make my ego like happy it's like but uh, i mean if someone's always you know so I'm, i don't care that's that's just like part of the game but like um yeah i mean i guess so, so that, how did it, you know change everything it made me um feel relief mm-hmm. uh too because i was like this is what i was trying to do but i'm not done so what's happening so next you know right 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 because uh, i'm sure yeah because i had taken a pause by the way from battling for a long time i i, I stepped away after winning canada and that was my only goal. Actually, my only goal was winning Winnipeg. Mm. And I was like, but uh, I produced and I produced and I yeah. was like, I wanted to be like in my band. So I had a rap group called Sound Barriers with Gruff the Druid and Canada. We toured mm-hmm. and it was dope. And then I was like sitting on the you know couch with my friend scratching DJ Vect and we were like, you know, watching some routines. We're like, that guy, what the fuck is he doing? That's so cheap. That's whack. That's like, people don't even know. And then I realized like he was battling and making some noise, but I'm just sitting on the couch I'm like, right. you know, who, that's the worst. So I was like, yeah. time to get off the couch. And, yeah. you know, I'm not allowing myself to be that guy. And then afterwards, I was like, hey, cool. Well, now I can just continue producing. And, and, and you know, the rappers that I would worked with years before, they were like, you know, where I was like the guy who did choruses. And then, you know, they were like in the limelight. And then it was like this shift where now people listen to me. So that's one of the changes I really liked. I was like, okay. Like not because I had more clout than them, and I I I, I, I never used an ego situation. I don't. Maybe right. that's also some of my problems for like advancing in this world. But I uh, I just was like, okay, now they're gonna listen. So and I liked that because I didn't have to. The proof is in the pudding. Sure. You go again skateboarding. You go and do a kickflip down a set of ten stairs. You did it. Doesn't yeah. matter if you're skinny, ugly. You started yesterday. You did it. That's yeah. it. You yeah. know, in, in scratching, you could like watch a tutorial, do a certain scratch overnight, and still people are like. You know, because it's all subjective, music mm-hmm. subjective. Sure. So. But sure. Um, yeah, it got me more gigs, and uh, so uh, I liked it, it. It doesn't feel like you think of this as a business. I mean, I definitely. Okay, so this is this is a good question. So 
all I had was that passion, which I, you know, yeah. still, you know, and I only wanted, my goal was to feed my skills and to um, add to the culture. And, and it's really all it was. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, so I did that and then I'm like getting older a bit and I'm like, I'm like, well, I was dreaming about this and I dreamed about winning the skateboard competition again in, in my town. I won, yeah. but then I was like, wait, I, I never dreamt about money before. Mm -hmm. That's not really, but I guess I better start dreaming about it because, like, if I, I can make my dreams come true, even though I'm not like that's not that honorable or whatever, sure. I, I need to make a living. So I was like, now I'm like dreaming of money, and I'm trying to think about how that works. You know, how how does that fit in? You know, to my um, and and it's coming. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm starting. You know, I'm, I make these scratch records. Like, you mm -hmm. know, um, mm -hmm. these things, man. Um, I, I gave one to the test press to each of that tough. day, and these things like. I, I make a record. I spend five years to make it, and you know, sell a certain amount. I make those like in a week or two, yeah. and produce them in a week or two, and they sell like thousands of copies. I make yeah. so much money. I'm like, yeah. it's skewed, but I mean, whatever. No, because it's. I mean, that's a musical instrument. It's right? true. It's oh, a, it's true. Oh, good point. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, yeah. People, because it's it's a broader. Because not everybody who likes scratching likes my. Yeah, that's a good point. But so you know, and and um, some cool shit happened recently too. Um, which uh, you know started allowing me to get a bit more money and also do what I like is I started playing with this orchestra. Mm. Uh, I did like a sixty-piece orchestra What's show. What's it called? Uh, well, it was written by Prokofiev and it's okay. called um, Concerto for the Turntables. Uh, who's, the, who's the orchestra? Uh, um, well, this one it's always it's just a um, like a score. So. DJ's um, uh, uh, um, uh, switch. Sorry, switch. DJ Switch um, was the one who worked with Prokofiev to do the first um, performance, and then uh -huh. it was touring. And so this uh, the the um, um, orchestra, the Montreal uh, Symphony Orchestra um, sought me out. And, you know, sixty piece orchestra. I'm the soloist. Never read a never read a. I'm not good at reading music, mm -hmm. but I can. But so here I am, like you know the. Two practices, half hour each. They they've never seen it before. They're they're, they're going through it. And I'm like, but but, but as it, wait a minute, you know. And then I have to, you know. So I was up right. like till six in the morning every night trying to get it right. And it was fun, man. And it I mean, was challenging. You learned about work ethic from those guys. Yeah. Right? Well, no, no, no. I learned about work. Not ethic. Not that you don't no. have work ethic. No, I'm, I was, I'm not saying that. that. That work ethic is what allowed me to be able to do it, to be honest. But yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. But then. Um, um, it went off well, and you know, I get, and I get paid well for it. So it's yeah. kind of like a okay, I see a lane, and so now I'm I'm like I might not be that guy who's like making tons of money party rocking. Although mm -hmm. you know I can and I do. Like I'm going to and you know, I went to China a couple weekends ago. I'm going to go again in a couple weeks. Last year I had a big tour there, I'm, and and you know I do Europe and stuff. Um, and but but that's might not be where I'm like you know. What's, but what's, but but like I'm finding my own lane, so I'm like okay, a musical side fits there. Yeah. Um, the scratch records, are, okay, that fits there. And like you know, working, um, I'm working on commercials and stuff, and I mm. enjoy that because it's like, nice. how do I like figure out what they, what's in their head? How do I figure that out? And I love that skill. Yeah. It works well with rappers and stuff. So. What's um, what's the vibe in China? So my my dad lives yeah. in China. Oh, cool. Where? 
in Beijing. Cool. And oh, he's a he's a, uh, he's a musician there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, next time I go, you got to link us. Yeah, yeah for Let sure. Me go. Um, so okay, so China. Well, first of all, Beijing, you got to watch out because every time you blow your nose at night, there's some black up in there. You really, it's really. <laughs> yeah. But um, so first time I went there was for pleasure. Uh huh. Um, as actually after DMC, I'm like, let's just like get out of the world. Oh, cool. So my wife and I went like the you know center of the country, and I was like, my plan was to just record sounds in the street make beats every night oh um, nice and then um you know perform them in front of somewhere cool like the summer palace or mm -hmm. the temple of heaven and, mm -hmm. and uh yeah it was dope I, it went really well got well received i put a video up every night and even though china wasn't it was hard to my label at the time i would send them the thing that would post it and i was learning a lot about their culture it was so dope it was like yeah. i, I want to that's it's called Culture Cuts. It's a series that I've been pitching to, to different um, TV stations. It's gonna oh, come, cool. It's going to come out on, um, actually, with DJ City. We just we just signed about it for a nice. pilot there. But it's 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 that was my favorite thing. That's how I got introduced to it. But then from being there, all these people are like, hey, you know, DJ Braze is here. Why don't you come down to this thing or do that? Sure. I'm like, well, I'm here with my wife, but let's do that for next time. So then I made this whole tour, and I saw, like, a lot of the country, and I love it. It's just... I don't know what it's just so different and it's not like I haven't seen the, I've seen a lot of the world but I didn't see Asia yet no, and it's totally different it was it's so fresh so it's yeah. I just love I love the music I feel like that is people would always tell me like Asian music was seemed to be a part of what my albums were like mm -hmm. and I was like I don't know okay you know but then I went there I was like so I'm so in love with it I'm like so pa that's to be honest most passionate I am uh, right now is about that project um, so I go do these DJ gigs and then meanwhile I'm sampling stuff on the streets and I'm like hey the DJ gigs are over you know yeah. I'm like, and they treat yeah. you well there the culture is yeah. really open yeah. um, they have some of that like you know play whatever else is playing but it's fun for me they don't really I can't I can't speak the same language so they don't really ask requests but like right. but they but they you could just it's by like yeah, that whole sure. feeling like you were saying sure. with um, quest love you have to make them a little bit yeah 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 what's a mistake you made early on that you uh make sure you never repeat uh don't forget your uh, power plug don't forget your midi cable um yeah. you know bring extra needles sure. there's tons of mistakes um don't let uh, you know the sun get on your turntables because the um, records will start warping up, and you're yeah. like, "Wait, what's happening?" Oh, and then you know, there's there's just countless. You know, don't don't um, run after your favorite hero when you're young. And be like, "Hey, so like, what's up, man?" Just like focus on you because you know that 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 you know you really got something to present. And, yeah. You know, those those are a bunch. I made tons of mistakes, but that's how you that's how you get you know to not make mistakes. Sure, of course. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, about that turntable real quick. So there's like all these um, scales in it. Yeah. Um, and got that from John Bees who did the fretless. And um, and I just, you know, there's like just features on it, which I tried to, you know, just influence the company to make. And yeah, it's pretty dope. I, uh, I've been, I just made a video for it. It's going to be coming out um, in July, like nice. July 4th or something. So stay tuned for that. Mm -hmm. so I, I really worked hard on that. That's like, again, you have to elevate. But, um, you know, on the and then I know you got, you got some records coming out too. Yeah, whoa. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, you heard some of my music. So, yeah. so actually, before I tell you what's coming out, you know, plug myself. What, what did you think? Or like, what was um, sort of your impression of some of the stuff you heard? Because it's all really different. I mean, the funniest thing is that, like, you know, again, we think of DJs as hip-hop, or we think about dance music. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, true. And, but, you know, I, I wrote down, like, I don't know, after listening to your music, I don't, 
what I thought I knew about genres, mm. I don't know. Okay, that's good. So like what happened about a year ago, um, I finished my last album, put it out. Uh, it's through Fat Beats, it's called The Pathia. It's mm -hmm. part of a trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, take a while to explain that, but I will. If you want, just check them out. Um, Nostomania, Synesthesia, Apathia. Look out for those. Um, and I really desperately, I promised myself I'd finish the trilogy and I told myself when it's done, I'm gonna try like everything I haven't tried mm. musically. But then at the time, I'd built up all these rules, and you know, Primo used a MPC and all these people, original samples, no represses, ah, you know, and I, and I talked to one of my um, DJ friends, uh, actually, I Emerge, I mentioned earlier, mm. he's like, why have rules? <coughs> Break those rules, you know, like, try everything, like, what? Yeah. And I was like, oh, light switch went off, as hard as it was, I started breaking all my rules, and I started, like, I just went off. It was so fun. It's so fun to make music now. I've been the first four months I was here. I wrote three albums, ten songs, and now I'm just been doing the mixing and shopping and um, man. So that's what it is. So the fact that you don't understand the genre is great because it means yeah, that that's making, not a complaint. No, no, no. That's just, that's, that's, that's where my goal. Out to me, no, like, for sure. It could never be a. a, a, a it, it's always a compliment. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what everybody's trying to do. Like, I make wiggle. Clover step, you know, and you're like, what is that shit, you know? Because you know, and so sure. you don't have to make a genre, but right. the fact that you don't know what it is is fresh to me. Or, yeah. you know, but it's on all, all intents and purposes, like our grandparents would just call it electronic or something, because they don't really know. Sure. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so DJs have always been to me people who find records, scratch them, play records to make you either dance or have a great time making mixtapes um, or or produce music that's since DJ Shadow you know I came out and I was like that's just that was my definition right. and so that's what was my archetype and, and cool. I've been sort of just you know trying to scratch as good as DJ Shadow until I got better and I was like yo I'm better than DJ Shadow <laughs> no but he, he's probably he, he, I'm just I'm just fucking around but he, he's dope too obviously but that was my archetype yeah that's cool mm. So, um, so well, I was asking you though. I can't get away from it. What, what was your um, impression, other than the, the the genre? And now I'm interviewing uh, you, by the way. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> what was my? <sighs> like, what stuck out to you? Anything? It's like it's like a Rorschach. Like, you know? No, I don't have a good answer for that. I mean, I hear the Asian influence it oh, yeah. after you say it. Dope. I didn't pick. I didn't have a name for that when I was listening. Mm. But it's just this eclectic. Like I felt like I was on a journey. Dope. Um, like I was not in control like I was being Fresh. taken mm. which is which is a good feeling nice um, I like that uh, it's it's funny like I'm always you know my relationship to music I find fascinating like meaning um, first of all I wake up with a song in my head almost every day oh. it's not always a song that I like mm. um, sometimes it's something hella cheesy that I wish wasn't stuck in my head but it is Fair. And I kind of, you know, have learned to respect that. And sometimes, like this, like walking in here, I, I, it was like uh, Ollie and Jerry from the Breaking Soundtrack. And I'm like, I love that song. I haven't heard it in, you know, five years. Yeah. 
And I don't know why, like, it just fell out of the file folder at that moment. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. I w that's a really cool, like, um, everybody has these mechanisms. That's a really cool. Um, so I'm glad to hear that because uh, what my three albums were about is, and I've been passionate about for, uh, like, the last 10 years, is finding out, because, like, what do you think? Because I don't want to know that everybody thinks no everybody thinks the same thing sure and that's i was like complaining about a bit earlier is we're all wanting the same thing because we don't really we've been told to so, it's so wait, hard though. but wait 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 though because okay. like cause the okay. thing about it is that interests me because it's just an interest it's not like a thing that i i never think we should be a certain way i never think things should be a certain way and that's what my point is i'm getting at is that i started this thing i was like let me make it like sort of anonymous where like I put a song out there, and there's a painting that goes with the song, and, th and that's, that's what if you get my actual records and the CDs mm. stuff, or, or, or the digital versions have it too. Yeah. Like, and, and that album in particular, and I know what you're talking about, it was made, because the first one's called Nostomania, and that's called the uncontrollable, it's like the, defined as the uncontrollable urge to return home. Mm. So it was kind of like you find a definition of it to yourself, and then you want to go back there, which has always been sort of how we feel about music. You put it on, you're like, it's like the all you know that that track you were talking about from Break, and you're like, I haven't felt like that in a while. What's that feeling? It's yeah. not the feeling I get. Right. And and the fact that you have those is what I'm trying to incite, because a lot of times now, people are like, yo, that band, the band is like, oh, they're the right. pinnacle, like they're cooler than me, and I can only hope to like own their future record, and I'm just, oh, you know, and then you're focused on that. But what happened back in the '70s and '60s? People were like they were in control they put it on their record player sure. and they were like you know wow I feel this I right. feel like that and that's gone So, in my opinion so I wanted to not bring that back but I was interested in what is that and so the first one is Nostomania yeah like I said you find your path home mm -hmm. the second one is Synesthesia you know which we all, all of us know is con confusing the senses um, so you know and then the third one is called Apathia which is this place where philosophers used to try to get to where it's like because you know um, where I have no preconceived notions and it's just like the truth <laughs> and your truth mm -hmm. um, so because a lot of times now I, every, everything is like filled with like if I mention something do you like Trump or terrorism right away poof, these, these things come in yeah. and then if I ask you about it it's like kind of like emotions cloud you but then also like social structures and construct cloud you so then how are you going to get a tr what is the truth? And it's hard to tell what that is, but you could get it. You mm -hmm. could get to it, whether it's by research or by thought. And some things are harder to find by thought, but whatever it is, it's like to be non-biased, to calm down, and to find the truth. So your truth. Getting rid of the noise from the world, getting rid of like the, all the like hate, love, happiness, whatever. Getting rid of that and saying, what do I feel? What is... What is what am I, you know? Yeah. And so that took you on some journey that you couldn't control. So cool. Then you're starting to figure it out for yourself, like what it actually means to you, where someone else might say something different. So um, I was really in, in influenced by that, uh, and and that was my my trilogy to sort of that people. Cool. And it was also yeah. an orchestral um, attempt at mixing hip hop with orchestra mm -hmm. orchestral music. And mm -hmm. right when I released the third one, I got that opportunity to work with that thirty piece orchestra, which is like. It's just like the world sometimes like that's hands cool. you like you know like yeah. things and prepares you you know yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's cool. Did but, you ever see Dakar? No. A, so I had a it was there's a, a sixty piece orchestra. It's Ooh. called Dakar Hip Hop Orchestra. So 
Charlie Parker to Branford and went to Marsalis. Jazz, baby, helps keep the living in balance. Shouts to Jimmy Smith and my man Ruben Wilson. You know I'm a fan, I understand what you was feeling. Singing with them Hammond Keys, innovative OGs. You touch so many across lands and seas. Donald Byrd, Roy is. Oh, right. They were here. I don't know if they're. Wait, is Daka? Like yeah, D A K A H. Okay. So I had an opportunity to make a record with them. Wow, sick! A while ago. No, you gotta. I gotta. I'll, gotta get linked. I'll get you a copy. Yeah. Where, where are they from? They're from here. Okay, because Daka means a uh, second in Hebrew. Oh, okay. But I was just wondering, but um, that's cool. Yeah. I. Uh, I it's. Uh, I mean, it's such a cool concept. It's also so practically difficult to get. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. It's hard with lots of people, but, yeah. but I mean, hey, you know what? Like, it's just about like just trying stuff, and mm-hmm. I think it's cool. I'm interested in it. It's, it's like I'm so like wrapped in what I'm doing that half sure. time, which is probably what you hear half time from producers. So it's like we're musicians. That, well, I think but you I, have to be. You gotta, you gotta be able to shut the world out sometimes and create. Yeah, and by the way, speaking of that, so the rappers I'm working with, I come back to that one is Soulcon. If mm-hmm. you Google him, you'll see like millions of views of him battling people, but he also has <coughs> great music and so I'm producing him now. And then um, working with this guy named Mouth with an E at the end, Mouth. The mm. e. He's incredible and I was a huge fan and, the, and and I heard him right around that time I was talking about breaking my rules and stuff and I hadn't heard music that was like, ah, uh, like I gotta hear it, loop, like just, ah, uh, you know, and, and so then yeah. I reached to him and I felt so lucky to be working with him, and now we're just, we are like, I'm his producer, and, and, and he produces with me, um, but like, we're like, just, that's my group, and me and Soul Con nice. are a group too, but then, and I have like a bunch of remixes, and yeah. single songs, and uh, the Mouth Project, and some, EPs are coming out on the record label called Westwood, which is um, in uh, Canada, and it's making some good noise. Mm. They have they have like, tons of great releases, and, um, um, I started working recently with another hero of mine, uh, which my wife introduced me to uh, through, you know, listening to telepop music. Um, they have a, had a hit called um, "Breathe," uh, which you know was nominated for a Grammy. But uh, mm. anyways, her name's Angela McCluskey. Okay. She actually lives here, which tripped me out. And um, I brought my wife to see her. We, yeah. me and Angela spoke, and I just produced one of her songs. Oh, nice. And now we're working on an EP, and yeah. so it's it's um. It's, it, you know, she's a singer, so I'm doing singer-songwriter type stuff, which is super interesting to me. Um, I'm sure. And I'm just, you know, so those are the things that I'm up to. I'm just immersed in that. Uh, you'll catch me at shows. Uh, you'll catch me at the Beat Junkie School. I've been teaching, so, you know, since oh, cool. 2002, I was working with them. But, so, I'm, you know, these are the things. So what do you, when you're teaching, you uh, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm sure a lot of it is on is technique, right? And uh but what's something that you tell students who are starting out as DJs? What are, what are um, some important lessons they need to well, know? Well, actually, they tell me what they need to know because mm. everybody's at varying levels. But what I find is I have to learn how you learn because it just, like, I've seen teachers, and I didn't come up with this through, you know, like, thinking about it before. Mm-hmm. I just realized that's how it works, um, is... Everybody learns different. So if I say, you know, a baby scratch is moving the record back and forth, uh, and then you know you close the fader when you're done, let's say, um, and and then what does that mean? You know, where do you find the sound? How does right. it? What is it? So I was like, the, the way I taught it at the very base, if you don't get it, is open the fader, mm-hmm. rub right. the record, close the fader, sure. and then the forward scratch would be the same thing: open the fader, let go, hold, 
clothes rewind. And that's at the very base. Yeah. But at the highest level, it'd be like a four scratches, you know, letting go of the, the sound and then closing the fader and getting back to the beginning of it. But that's... So you have to learn how people learn. Yeah. And and once you break into that, um, then then it's real easy. And I, and I try not to top them with too many. Like I teach a lot in an hour because a lot of people. I, I I have a you know I'm pretty pricey, but I'd say mm -hmm. like it's worth it learning mm -hmm. from a world champion. But I just tend to I, yeah I tend to like give them a lot, but I know when to cap them off because if you teach someone ten scratches, they'll learn them in an hour and do them, replicate them, but then next week they're yeah, yeah. too much. So yeah, I think about four or five scratches in an hour, and I always go a bit over time, but like people are always like, oh, it's a lot, I'm skeptical almost, no matter who, and then at the end, they're always thanking me like, yo, and and I teach production too, so I, I really just try to figure out what they want, nice. what their goals are, how do they learn, and inspire them too, because a lot of them are timid and shy, the older you get, the, the, the more shy you are, yeah. if you teach little kids, they don't care, yeah. they'll yeah, listen, yeah, because they sure. want to learn, they're like, oh, I, he taught me, that. I want to learn another one, give me mm -hmm. another one, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's so fun, but like, it's rare that you get, you know, everybody's usually like, because it's a cool thing, right, like, I don't want to look uncool, I'm like, right. and I told, and I, and yeah, it, of course, and it's the truth, is like, no difference between you and me on scratching, at all, yeah. at all none of that stuff with the foot pedals and all that stuff it's just that I put in more time than you okay. and you, you might have yeah. to put in an extra 100 hours versus what I put in or you might have to put in less but it's just the amount of time you put in so that letting them know that logically they're like it switches off and they're like okay so I just yeah he's right I mean why, why, that's totally correct so now I just don't have, I don't have to feel bad not, you know a baby doesn't feel bad when it's not walking perfectly at the right. beginning right but it doesn't know not to but we need to be told of course that it's okay so. of course it's funny it's funny whenever my son tells me he's not good at something i'm always like dude i remember when you couldn't even sit up by yourself boom that's exactly it you know, roxanne Chante said that to me once when i was like coming up i was her dj once mm. and she's like because i was like oh, i don't know like what where is this going she's like don't forget where you came from yeah and then i remembered that kid who didn't know anything <coughs> about scratching who had finished and just wa wanted to like finish with bands and wanted to just do his own music sure and then the basement in winnipeg yeah and then had aspirations after seeing so i'm like oh yeah oh okay oh word i'm in the right spot yeah you know? yeah, so yeah that's what's up one thing i've noticed um uh I've noticed her watching you online, and and especially that kid K-Swiz. Yeah, who's fourteen or for sure. Now, yeah, he's, he yeah. might be a little older now. He's my he's my good friend. So. Is he? Yeah. Um, is he does it a lot? Is looking at the camera. Oh yeah, okay. And, and Fair. you know, the old uh, you know, uh, Jazzy Jeff and Peter Piper and like that. DJs never looked at the camera. So I'll back tell you. In the day. I'm, oh yeah, actually, go ahead. Um, it just stuck out to me, like, obviously, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with musicians and um, content and your, your social persona and all that is now part of, you know, we're at a point where people have learned that's part of what, what it means to be a musician or, or a yeah. public figure of any sort, right? Um, For sure. And that hit me watching him especially, but even I see you do it a little bit too. And, like, so I just wonder... You know how much, how much are you thinking about that? About that, um, the performance aspect, your social media presence, like. Wow, that's a really good question. Um, 
Okay, starting off, when you do a speech and you're told when you're really young, address the crowd. Yeah. You know, and, and then second, whenever people have watched battles and they say that guy who was just like, yeah. was half down, he's not looking. It's like, that's kind of awkward, you know? So just, just look up a bit, you know? Yeah. And then, um, that, that, that being said, um, you know, you, you, you hit a nail on the head because when I was filming uh, one of my biggest routines, uh, um, I was like, okay, I, I learned my routine, now I'm going to like... You know, you did this, you know, right. that, and then it's like, and then, that. Yeah. and then I was like, I was messing up my routine like crazy, and I was like, wait, one day I realized after three days filming, eight hours a day, I was like, I spent six months making this routine, but I didn't spend one day like doing these motions. I sure. I, I used like the yeah. time between to get to the night. So I'm like, why am I doing? I'm like, you know what? Cut all that shit up. Just go straight. Whatever you, happens, happens, and um, and that's it. And so. I mean, there's a bit of it because if you go to an actual performance on stage, you have to look at the crowd. Mm -hmm. Like everybody looks at the crowd. Maybe the drummer's like behind. You don't see him. Right. But it's it's yeah. the first time I battled nationally in Canada. People said what they said about me was most like I was a zombie because I, I didn't I didn't like have yeah, I was of like, you know, sure. like and but at the same time I, I looked straight the whole time. I didn't even look at my tables and I was good at that because I already knew what I had to do. But they were like, "Whoa, how did you do yeah. that shit?" and I wasn't one of my tricks. It's just like I was like I don't want to look down. I know what I got to do. Sure. And so and they're they're the crowd. So and half the time I, I look up at the crowd because I, I I'm good at that now. So I I don't I learn not to stare specific people in the eyes. Ah, awkward, mm -hmm. but I look mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. Because it's like you're connecting with people, but. In videos, I agree when it's just like they mouth the words like "yo," you ain't right. going to last, you know. And I'm like, stop. Yeah. Or they're like, they're like, mm-hmm, yeah, it's about to happen. And right. I'm just like, I know it's about to happen. <laughs> just like if you want to look up and be like, you know, right. Or if you're just like, hey, what's up, guys? It's just like you know, you like just just. It's it's a well, little. Yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, think it's like anything, right? It's. But it's, he's a little kid. You're talking about case with. He's so no, excited. He's when I was over the house. He's like, he's just like all the time. He's like, hey, Brace, what's up, man? Check out the scratch I did. All I do is scratch. And I'm at his house. He's like, no. And he's just so excited yeah. and passionate about it that what you see is just a kid who's just happy to share things. So it's so it's real and it's innocent. Whereas he's. No, he's, I mean it feels very natural. No, no, yeah. Right? No, I'm not it, saying you were. Yeah, yeah. I'm just telling you how I feel about yeah. it. As because some sometimes people are like, and, and they've written online even about his stuff. Is like people shouldn't smile. People. Shouldn't, oh really? And I, I mean, I mean, like, I mean. No, I can see what. But I, but I, I mean, like the people who have said that, I give them, I understand them because they want to see, you know, what they don't want to see you plan. And it, and it is kind of annoying. Like, Craze put a video. He's like, "Hey guys, I'm smiling," and the whole way through he did this, and I was just like, "That's, that's funny as shit." Yeah. But it's like, it's it's true. And I, I think, um, look, if you're all showmen and like right. putting on wigs yeah, and like no doing body spins, then right. that's not gonna. That's maybe one point, you For know. Sure. But like, really, like I said earlier, the proof is in the pudding. So at, at the end of the day, if they're doing sick shit and you're like, "Yo, blown away," cool. Definitely. No, I love those videos, uh, K-Swiss, and I think, like, <clears throat> and I think, you know, yeah, you have to engage with people, right? That's True. That's ultimately what, you know. It does get a bit weird, though, on video when someone's looking at you and you're, like, sure, not expecting, because yeah, yeah. you're like, whoa, you're just coming here. Look at me? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. All right, I got to get to a, a lightning round. Um, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> nice. We need, a, we need a transition song. It's perfect. What's your favorite city to travel to? Uh, Lijiang, and uh, yeah, Lijiang. Where is it? It's in China. What, what part of China? Yunnan province. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. south. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I haven't been to the south yet. Super dope. 
thousand-year-old cities, and yeah, it's amazing. Well, I was in Hong Kong, so that was like my closest. Yeah, they all have that much history. We don't have it here, cause, yeah. But anyways, yeah, of course, that's cool. That was my favorite so far. Who's your favorite DJ? Ooh, D Styles. Nice. What's the last great book you read? Ooh, um, wow, that's going back a long time. Um, I would say. Bomb the Suburbs is probably my favorite. Oh, changed, I love that. Yeah, it changed me a lot. I have a... I, have a, uh, I mean, I've read books since, but that was the one that still takes the cake. I have a copy with the pages stapled together, like pre... Like oh. he sent it. Oh. Um, he sent it to well, up me. William like, Upsky? Uh, Upsky, yeah. So he's... he's. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but we were friends. He's all into straight politics, like deep into yeah, politics. Yeah, yeah, he's deep into politics, for sure. I was always looking for that follow-up, but yeah, that's... that's but one. he sent me a copy for, like, review... That was like unbound, like just pages stapled together. It's a great book. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Sure. I'm glad you say that. Um, what movie have you seen the most in your life? Mm, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> I, we just watched that with my son because uh, he's nine. We saw that like uh, a few weeks ago. Cool. I'm convinced it's that, good. and ever since then, uh, because those guys were terrible at music. But right. they somehow got good at the end. Remember, they went back yeah, in time yeah, and yeah. learned from the guy in uh, um, Faith No More and taught them. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's actually one of my biggest inspirations because to keep trying and to be like just passionate and don't, don't care and be oblivious. That's but hilarious. also, I'm convinced that we can make a song <coughs> or a band or something musical that will create world peace sonically. So I'm still working on that. Interesting. <laughs> I'm not joking. No, I, I, I don't doubt it. Mm. Tell me one decision that changed your life forever. Mm, nothing can, uh, everything can come, every dream that I have can be a reality. Complete the sentence. I don't have talent. I, <coughs> I have blank. Oh, um, persistence. So if I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Hmm. Ah, I thought about that from, um, hey man, you want to go get um, something to eat? <laughs> No, um, I'd probably... That's very Canadian. Eh? I'd probably be like, um, hey, can you just go study how to mix this properly? Because uh, I have to make another song. <laughs> That's good. Um, who would you be most excited to learn appreciates your work? Who would I most be like to... Um, D-Styles. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, I'd love to... I've, him and I keep passing, you know, we have these like philosophical conversations, we're supposed uh -huh. to meet up and jam and it'll happen, but I'd love yeah, to, sure I, I just love to, he feels his way through music from what I can tell and a lot of scratchers, you know, um, don't. So I, I really want to just be around that. Yeah. Brace, thanks for having us in your studio. Yo, of course, man. Sharing Real all fresh. this with us, Real man. Fresh. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, like so. it, man. Nice. Um, how does everybody find you? Oh, djbrace.com. It's the easiest. Cool. I mean, you can do the whole, like, you know, DJ underscore brace. The other guy got it. I don't oh, know. Oh, really? Why. Yeah, and he uh, posted once. But DJ underscore brace, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, okay. But just, you know, Facebook, DJ Brace. But just go to djbrace.com. Yeah. You know, and put me in YouTube, put me in Google. Perfect. It's brace. It's DJ Brace. Brace. I'm not sure if that's, like, you know, going to, like, you know. All right, guys. Yeah, that was DJ Brace on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. 
Uh, make sure you leave us a comment, a review on iTunes, a comment on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you like. It's at Rebel Radio Net. And uh, make sure you check out our YouTube page for videos. We're posting videos every week of some of the old episodes, the new episodes, uh, all kind of good stuff happening there. Most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.